This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. It's the post Belmont Stakes Edition. Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers, Monzo, Malusis. Moose, we have gotten through the Triple Crown. We came on, we started this podcast uh, in March, and we went through all the Triple Crown prep races, the Derby, the Preakness, the Belmont. Yes. And we talked about how uh, the summer has great racing, and now it's time we focus on summer. Monmouth Park, Saratoga, Del Mar, still plenty of races coming, even though we have passed the Triple Crown, Moose. Yeah, it's a great time of year. A weather's warm, you know. Grab a grab a beer, a cocktail, soda, water, whatever it might be. Sit back, relax, and uh, take in some great racing across the country. I know, you know, Monmouth Park is your home track. Having grown up on the Jersey Shore, there's nothing better than going down there. Day trip. My dad and I used to do it all the time, each and every summer, even if it wasn't Haskell Day, because you, you know, you sit around the the top of the stretch and those picnic tables, and you hang out and. Uh, it's just like a cool atmosphere. You feel like you're away on vacation, um, and you get a, you know, you can smell the surf, you can smell the sea and, and all of that. So it's great. It's fantastic. So you no doubt big racing all across the country, even though the triple crowns in our rear view mirror, even though the Belmont stakes was an absolute disaster for you and I, um, and the triple crown really wasn't all that profitable. We hope to uh, get the good vibes going here this weekend at Monmouth park. Well, yeah, I do want to touch on that day last week, and we hyped up that day. We saw a lot of really good horses. Yeah. Uh, Archangel. I'll tell you what bothered me, man, man. It was such a chalk fest, and it wasn't even, like, good chalk. It was, like, three to five, three to five, two to five. Yeah. Then Archangelo won at, at a price. But, I mean, you know, that's the frustrating thing, I think, as a horse player, someone like us who tries to beat the favorite. When you get pounded by short favorites all day, it can get very frustrating. Yeah, there's well, yes, no question. It 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 can get really frustrating. Um, and you saw some races in which we didn't have the chalk. Unfortunately, got beat by the chalk in that Phillies race where I thought we had the winner with the Chad Brown horse, whose name is slipping my mind. Search results. Yeah, search results. Exactly right. I mean, I I thought at the 16th pole we were home, and then gets run down by Clarier. Uh, we had Casa Creed in the Jiper. Who knew Caravelle was going to be sitting off the pace in order to get the six furlongs because be basically being a speed ball at five and five and a half furlongs and, you know, didn't get worn down or softened up over the course of that race and was able to finish and held off both Big Invasion and Casa Creed to win it. And then, yeah, you know, you get to the Belmont Stakes where you and I were both on Angel of Empire once again. And honestly, come out of the Triple Crown, Angel of Empire probably peaked in the Arkansas Derby because, you know, easily could have won the, the Kentucky Derby, did not mage won that. And really had no reason. Um, and maybe you look back on the pedigree, not bred for a mile and a half, you know, it was closing late. Uh, but Archangelo got the trip of all trips. Congratulations. To Javier Castellano won the, won the Derby with mage and won the Belmont stakes with Archangelo and Jen Antonucci becoming the first female trainer ever, uh, to win a triple crown race, no less a Belmont stakes. So it was historic last Saturday. I didn't like Archangelo. 
you know, you and I are in a group chat and texting, you know, our buddy John. Um, and I said, I went back. Is there any reason to like Archangelo? And yeah, bread, uh, breeding's good. I understand that. You like the Peter Pan, go back and watch that race. Um, I still thought he was a little light going into it. Um, wasn't going to take eight to one on him in that race. And, but congrats to his connections. He was good enough last Saturday. Well, I got the trip of trips on the rail. Uh, Costa, you got to give Costa a lot of credit in the two races that he won in the triple crown. He, he made the winning move. Like that's, that's what he did. He, he, that veteran, uh, riding really, uh, especially in the Belmont riding the rail, getting the lead and, and basically saying, come get me. And they couldn't, uh, one thing I do want to say about the undercard, um, just looking in and analyzing some of the races, you're right about Caravel. Um, I thought Casa and Big Invasion both ran really well in defeat. Um, I think Zan and Rel ran really well in defeat. Cody's Wish is on another level. Um, here's something that I think would be good for the game. Do you think it's a, it would be a, a disservice to the players, to the game itself, if Mott and everybody, they don't, I know he's a miler, but if they don't set Cody's Wish to the classic at this point, yeah, I just think he's – I think his perfect distance is a mile. You know, I, I do. I thought he was the most impressive race. Yeah, I think it would be great for racing. You know, and I think Billy uh, – I think Bill Mott, we all know, is a great horseman. He's also going to always do right by the horse. So I don't think he's ever going to put them put him in a position that he doesn't believe he can succeed or that she can succeed in this issue. In this instance, obviously, Cody's wish is a male. But, um, yeah, I don't I – don't, I don't look at it and think that he has to. I think it'd be great for the sport of racing because I think he's one of the more talented horses that we have in training. The move he made, and I was against him. I mean, that wide move and effortlessly getting by a bunch of yeah, very passed good by horses. Zandon like he was going still. And Zandon ran well. Yeah, I mean, Zandon ran well, no doubt. Cody's wish just on another level. Um, and also up the mark, who I know you and John were Love. big fans. Of. Best best so, turf horse uh, in North America. I mean, and he really just kind of came out of nowhere because they wanted him, they wanted him on the dirt, right? And it didn't work out. And they put him on a turf, and he's it looks like bricks and mortar out there, man. Well, the turn of foot is the thing that's impressive. The high cruising speed, and then the ability to go from you know zero to sixty in like you know three and a half strides is just amazing when you see him. And you saw it at Gulfstream Park. Before his race on the Churchill at Churchill Downs on the Derby undercard, you saw it that day as well, where he was a, um, you know, he was well backed, um, and then he was extremely well backed Saturday uh, at Belmont Park. And you know, listen, it's not a great price. He went off at eight to five at one point in time. He's three to two, but up to the mark is, is I, I believe the you know I'm not going to tell him he's the best turf horse in, in the world. I don't think that's the case because I, obviously I think there's some euros that are better. But when you're looking at the North American contingent, I don't think there's Anybody that's better right now than up to the mark, and he showed on Saturday that you know he can win at a distance. Before we get into him, this week uh, on the I'm betting the ponies, we're going to look at the four stakes races at Monmouth Park. Uh, it's kind of the the prep for the Haskell Day for them, which is their big day over the summer. A lot of fun the Haskell, and then the Saturday before Father's Day, they have the Pegasus, the Salvador Mile, the Eaton Town, and we'll go through each of those races. A great set of four great stakes races, but. Uh, when I and I know you mentioned you have some stories with your father, Monmouth Park. Almost, I have a lot of stories, Monmouth Park. Some with you. Uh, here's a funny one. Um, we had my son's second birthday at Monmouth Park. You know, we rented out one of the picnic That's areas. Great. Right? Um, yeah, it was a great time. We brought you know we brought food and um, handed them a check at the end of the day, whatever. Dude, so 
a month, a couple weeks go by, I noticed they never cash the check, right? You know, I'm waiting for them to cash the check for the party. Yeah. You know, they never cash the check. So I get something in the mail from them. So I'm assuming that, like, they lost the check and, you know, they're sending an invoice of some kind. They send me a refund of 60 bucks. I have no idea why. I got a check in the so I never paid for the party and I got sixty bucks out of the deal. Did you win on the day? Did you win on the day? I don't. I don't remember, but I do remember. I mean, probably not. I mean, but I do remember that because I had a birthday party there. From one of the races, we were able to go to the winner's circle and take a picture with the the, the horse and the trainer and the jockey. I just. So I, I mean, like, mom, it's great. You go see the saddling area. They got the wood chips. Uh, Byron, remember? Uh, yes. That was. Oh, look. Byron, you were there for you and I were there for the uh, looking at Lucky. Uh, yes, Haskell. that's right. You had Shackleford. I had looking at uh, Lucky. Yes, that's right. That wasn't a good day for me. Byron was great. Byron um, was great. Byron went off like eight to one. Yeah, that was. A, and look, that's a speed horse, and that's a on the dirt. That's a very. That's and a Joe Bravo used track. to dominate there when he was riding there. Jersey Joe Bravo. Yes, and, you know we had bigger picture in the 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 July the July Fourth turf race. Yeah. In the name of we watched at your house in Connecticut. A lot of great memories in Monmouth Park, and uh, yeah, it's a great track. It's a great place in the shore. Um, you see Brad Thomas, you know, one of you know a guy that you hear on Bet Rivers with Francesa. Um, Brad's a great handicapper, so a lot of good history, a lot of good stuff at Monmouth Park. And I got a party and got paid to to have the party. Apparently, sixty bucks. Uh, you know, back in two thousand twelve. So good times. So. With stakes races this weekend, there's four. A set of four graded stakes races at Monmouth Park. It's a really – and look, what Monmouth Park has done this year, and I'm sorry, they're not all graded, but they are significant stakes races. Three of them are graded. Um, Monmouth's doing with their car this year a stakes race every day, which is cool. You're going to get a good uh, – a really good competitive race uh, every race day at the track. Um, and on Saturday, this upcoming Saturday, you have four of them. And we're going to start with – uh, the Pegasus, which is a uh, for three year olds, it's mile sixteenth on dirt moose, and this is typically uh, the prelude for the Haskell. Whoever wins this race and it usually ends up in the Haskell. Pegasus um, used to be at the Meadowlands. Used to be a night true? race at the Meadowlands, I believe. Yes, long time ago. And now it's now it's at Mammoth. And look, I think this is a really good field. The return for you of Kings Barnes, you know who you liked in Louisiana, ran in the Kentucky Derby, did not run particularly well set the pace, but is going to be the favorite for Todd Pletcher. Luis Saez gets on board, and that's what's good about this. When you have a day like this, a lot of the top trainers come to Monmouth, a lot of the top riders come to Monmouth. You're going to see Luis Saez, Joel Rosario, uh, Florent Giroux at the track that day. Paco Lopez is there uh, quite a bit. Uh, this is a pretty competitive race. You classic catch 3-1, to one. Moreau 8-1, who uh, I think is really an improving cult uh, third time uh, running. No confession, salute the stars, 9-2 to on the morning line. Alternate reality, twelve to one. You've also got subwar subrogate, who's going to obviously come into arrogate if you if you go down. And I'm correct about that. Five to one on the morning line. How great is Nate? Six to one. Kings Barnes, eight to five. Moose and look, Kings Barnes obviously going to be very tough in this race. We talked about you know his speed and the speed favoring track. Eight to five in the morning line. Could you find a way around them in this one? I tried. I went with the I went with the four salute the stars nine to two on the morning line. Second race off the layoff for uh, Brad Cox. I, you know, two uh, impressive runs at Ellis on the turf. Churchill Downs was on a fast track, but it was originally scheduled for the uh, for the turf and and ran really really well. Uh, now gets Joel Rosario. I think you can sit the trip. I, I think the question's going to be for me in this race is who goes with Kings Barnes breaking from the outside. I think the one that goes would be Subrogate, uh, the four. 
who's coming off a six and a half furlong performance at Belmont, ran at Aqueduct at a mile, didn't show the same amount of speed. But I think coming off that race, which was a maiden win at 90K at Belmont, uh, I think he's going to show speed once again on Saturday afternoon. So I think Subrogate softens up Kings Barnes a little bit. Um, you know, uh, you got a little bit of a, a distant six week break between uh, races for Kings Barnes. I don't, I think he's obviously co- the horse to beat at eight to five. I'm going to try and beat him and go with the four salute the stars for Brad Cox, Joel Rosario uh, at nine to two. Yeah. And in the race that Kings Barnes won, that was his first three races. You know, it was all in his favor. Uh, the first couple of races, he sat just off the pace. and It was really fast up front in the Louisiana Derby. He put everybody to sleep on the lead, and I think he's going to be pressured here. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with Moose. I like the two, Moreau. Okay. Uh, you know, stretching out here, uh, comes off the maiden win, uh, improving buyer speed figures. Gets Florent Giroux. I find that really interesting, and I like how this horse has gone from six and a half to a mile. They're stretching this horse out to a mile and a sixteenth. Not against a really not against an A level field. So this is an opportunity at a price, I think, uh, at eight to one to get a horse that uh, is clearly getting better. They clearly have high hopes. We're putting him in a stakes race. And like I said, usually the horses that win this race go on to the Haskell. That could be the end goal for all these horses here. And certainly, um, I'm going to use your horse. I do like salute the stars. I was really between those two horses uh, in this race. I kind of went with the bigger price and the horse that I thought was getting better. Uh, and that's the two Moreau. I'm going to use Salute the Stars and Kings Barn. So I am two four eight. That is my triple in the South, in the Pegasus Moose. All right, you're you're yeah. going with that. I I like. Listen, I, I think it's tough to throw Kings Barnes out. I think you got to use them. Um, I went with the four eight, and uh, I'm going to go with Subrogate, who I think. Uh, Playing to a speed favoring track, I think he's going to be forward in the race. I would not be all that surprised if he hangs up for third. So I went four eight six. Race eleven at Mama Saturday, the Grade Three Eatontown, a mile to sixteenth on the turf for Phillies and Mares, three years and upward moose. And I got to be honest, out of all the races that we had to go through uh, for this podcast, this is the one I had the hardest time with. Uh, a lot of familiar faces: uh, Vergara, Consumer Spending. Then you know Chad Brown's got a bunch of horses in here: Gina Romantica, Malavath. A really quality field for this for the Eaton Town this year. Uh, I had a, a I, I like Malavath. That's who I landed on, who I think is I can put a line through the last race and just say I don't know what happened there. But I do think now Mal, Mal, Malavath's a horse for Christoph Clement, who likes to come on come off the pace. Uh, you know, six for twelve in the career, um, ran in multiple Breeders' Cup races, hasn't gotten it done, but clearly comes off the pace. I think his run against much better than these horses here. And I think we'll get a pace set up. You know, there is a couple of speed horses. The seven, Katie's a lady, likes to be on the lead. Um, the four, Scottish star, who's actually my second picks in this race, likes to be on the lead. So I think Malavath, it's at four to one. Now, I think if Malavath came out in one last race, one at Aqueduct, yeah. be nine to five in the morning line, because she kind of ran off the track a little bit, you're getting a little bit of a price. So four to one Malavath is my top pick here, Moose. Yeah, I went to an oldie but a goodie. Um, and I went with I agree with you. I, listen, there's I was between Malavath, the six, and I went with the the three consumer spending, seventy two on the morning line for Chad Brown and Sammy Camacho. Um, you know, four year old Philly out of more than ready, you know, has answered the calls running grade twos and grade ones before. I just think gonna be sitting forward 
um, and is going to have an opportunity to get first run. I, I think she's got to improve a little bit. I don't think there's any question about it. I think if Malavat runs her best race, I, I think they could all be running for second. But I'll take 7-2 on the morning line and be able to get the first run. Sammy Camacho, obviously very, very familiar down there in Monmouth, I think sits the trip just behind the speed, uh, maybe sitting two, three lengths off of the pace and is able to make that run into the stretch and then hold on for dear life in the end. So that's where I landed. I ended on the three consumer spending. Yeah. I, three I, for I, six at the distance, five for six coming in the money at the distance. That's where I landed. Yeah, six Malavath, my top pick for Moose, the three consumer spending in the grade three Eaton Town. Moving on, race 12 Saturday at Monmouth Park is the grade three Salvador Mile. That is one mile, obviously, for three years and three-year-olds and upward moose. And, um, again, a really competitive field here. I, you know, I was up and down. I really didn't know based on pace scenarios and race flow where I was going to end up going with. Riding with Biden? No, no, I did not go riding with Biden. I ended on the four. Far more power. Uh, Six for 14 career. You know, I was running tracks like Parks and, and Monmouth historically, but. You know, again, this is a horse that always seems to run his race. The buyer speed figures are solid. Um, I think whenever I see horses that I see consistently running third, second, first, and always running a good race, you know, if I see a little bit of a price at 10 to 1, a horse that's been well-backed historically, you know, you see favorite three of the last four races, uh, I think this horse is going to get a little bit of a pace scenario that he needs uh, to win this race. Had an Uncle Lino, who was a very fast horse running in California, so far more power. 10-1 on the morning line for me in the Salvatore. Yeah, I went to the outside. I went to uh, Arturius uh, for Chad Brown and Florent Giroux, um, son of Arrogate. I-, I know when you look at it, listen, it's been a while. It hasn't run since October of last year out at Keeneland, and that was a seven furlong performance and didn't run particularly well. I like the fact that Florent Giroux stays here is really kind of underwhelmed, even though the, the speed figures have been representative, 91, 99, 99, 95, 91 over the course of, you know, his career. Fifth race, it took a little bit of time here for Brown, obviously, to get this horse right. Three to one on the morning line. He spent a lot, you know, I I, I just think that the uh, the Judmont uh, Arturius, the nine, three to one on the morning line, that's who I went on top. Yeah, I noticed whenever Chad has horses coming off long layoffs, he brings them over to Monmouth, and you see Brad bring a lot of horses. That's true. You know, usually prepping them for Saratoga uh, at a stakes race in Monmouth, and obviously picking the nine oratories makes a lot of sense here. Does the layoff bother you, or you just think it's one of those? No, I, I think the layoff bothers me. It was one of those races where I didn't really love anybody, um, you know, and and I kind of went with a little bit of the breeding, a little bit of the fact that the trust in Chad Brown, the trust in Florent Giroux, um, the fact that I, I do think the the mile. Um, will suit him. Um, and that's where, I, that's where I landed in, in terms of, of the race. I, I know it's a little bit of a step up here. Uh, when you look at it, you know, it ran in the Travers didn't run particularly well, was well back that day was eight to one. Um, I think is one of those horses that a year ago, there was a lot of people that thinking Arturius was, uh, Arturius was a really, really talented three-year-old going to give him another shot in the Salvatore mile. And the finale moves to 13th at Monmouth Park, the grade three Monmouth Stakes a mile, uh, and an eighth on the Monmouth turf. And, ter- and, turf. And, and the funny thing about Monmouth Park is, you know, we talk about how the dirt, it's a very speed-favoring track. Yeah. But I think overall, the turf plays really evenly. 
It does. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't look at the turf as being that speed favoring. I, I look at the main track as being one that, at times, can can clearly play to front runners, especially if you're um, able to cut the corner going into the stretch, and all of a sudden a two length lead is all of a sudden a four and a half length lead, and you're able to to will a horse to get him to the wire. Right, and just put Bob Baffert as your trainer, and you win that race by twenty five lines. Yeah, who did you land in this one? Yeah, I, I just small I, I field. Think that, yeah, it's a small field. Some Six. good horses. We, yeah. we like never we like never explained last out in the dinner party. We gave it out in the podcast. One of the price fifteen to one. Uh, I'm on the one Tribuvin, who I just think there's lone speed. You know, you know the you know my angle. Yeah. Lone speed on the turf has won on this track multiple times. Gets Florent Giroux. Chad again bringing a horse off a layoff, like I talked about a few minutes ago. This horse has been very successful. In Monmouth has won a lot. You know, has run. You know, won the United Nations, which is the race I was talking about earlier. Uh, I was running that race a couple times, ran it, uh, won it in 2020 and 2021. So, you know, I just think that we know Tribuvin's game. He's Luis Saez. I'm sorry, not Luis Saez. Florent Giroux yeah. sending this horse to the lead, and he's going to play come get me. And in a race like this, where this horse can set his own fractions, uh, you know, you see 24-49, the race is over. And I know you're not going to get a great price. You know, 9-5 to five might be a little generous, but uh, it's about picking the winner when, when, I, when I think the winner's pretty obvious. And in this case, I, I do think the speed is the obvious here. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't find anyone else. Uh, I mean, I tried. I looked at Never Explain. I looked at the four speaking scout. I just don't think he's – unless he's completely short off of the layoff. And we haven't seen him run since last August. So he's been off like nine, ten months, right? He's been training well, but – Unless he's completely short, um, who's exactly challenging him on the lead? It's a horse that's running, you know, you look at it, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight straight grade one events. Um, lone speed, you know, you're a big player of that, as you mentioned, Monzo. I landed on the one as well. Yeah, I think you got to give Never never Explain a look. You know, Shug places his horses really well, gets Luis Saez, three wins in a row here. I just don't see the pace set up. You know, even if he runs a great race, I think he's running for second. I think the interesting – to me, the interesting one would be is um, Commandeer, who, you know, April out at Keeneland ran a mile and a 16th on the turf and had a massive speed figure jump from going to the turf. Now, out of street boss by a Tisnow mare, um, you know, had run on – you know, had run on the dirt up until that point in time. I think it's interesting to see what exactly the commandeer finally found himself. That's when I'd be willing to sprinkle in underneath and go on a little bit of a one five exacta and maybe get a little bit of value in the race on the idea that maybe commandeer finally, finally, you know, after 14 races uh, found the preferred surface and that being on the lawn. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I just think if you look at the setup in that race, you know, they, they, they ran a 47 half, yep. uh, came flying late. Makes a, lot, you know, makes a lot of sense. I think you're getting a nice price there. Well, I mean, it's just a five. matter of, you're right. He came flying late. Listen, he wasn't well backed. He was 31 to one that day. So, and now he's, you know, he's five to one on Saturday in, you know, in one of the stake races at Monmouth Park. I'm just saying, I don't like him to win the race. I mean, I, I'd be absolutely stunned. Like we usually do best bets. Like the one is my best bet because I think he's the most likely winner of, of all my selections on Saturday. Do you think Baffert's going to send the uh, Arabian line to the uh, Haskell? Yes. Do you? <laughs> might, 
know, 1,000%. Yes, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, I think Baffert's looking – and give Arabian Lion credit. I, did, I wasn't all that impressed with his victory down at Pimlico, um, you know, Preakness weekend, but um, – they said, you know, again, he was alone in the lead and nobody challenged. It was right over the head. Right. And this was a completely different race this past Saturday in the Woody Stevens at, at Belmont Park. But he was still nonetheless very, very impressive. And he was really a horse that kind of gave it up in the lane, would have a lead going into the stretch. And then when Woody would start to tire, basically was, you know, done. When he now he looks when different he asked, under Patrick. Oh, man. When he. When he asked him at the top, at the you know at the sixteenth ball, man, he had another level. He did another level. Um, and I thought, look, I, going back to the Belmont Stakes, I thought National Treasure did his job. I thought he ran okay, yeah. not brutal. Yeah, I don't think he ran brutal. I, I you know, like I, I look at the horses that have no excuses. I think the layoff hurt Forte, Angel of Empire, and Tapatrice have no excuse. No excuse. No, but I, think I mean no, no excuse. They had every opportunity to make a run. When that and and we've said it time and time again, everyone looks at the mile and a half Belmont Stakes. Usually, that race is decided um, in that first you know eighth of a mile at the top of the stretch, where a horse is able to make a move and then withstand any kind of late pressure. Now we've seen instances where horses have come back and won at the wire, right? And we joked around about it last week with um, with your horse and um, who was my destiny? Th- yeah, correct. Thank you very much, uh, but. Once Archangelo made that move, I thought Javier Castellano was going to keep him going, and he did. The uh, And I think you can also make the argument that Forte, in defeat, that that the way he ran late was uh, was just as impressive, if not more, than his Florida Derby. It was I, I, think, I think he showed that he might be the best three-year-old right now. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a horse that's a fighter. Like I, I think I think Forte, we could be critical of just how talented, where his speed figures, has he improved from his two year old to three year old year? Uh I think the layoff hurt him in the Belmont. I think if he was able to run on Derby Day, even if he didn't win, I think he easily would have been in a much better position and easily could have won the Belmont stakes. I think the time in between races uh hurt him. Uh but there's no doubt. You know, I, I heard, you know, Brad Thomas on with Mike, right, uh, when they were breaking down the Kentucky Derby, a show that you produce on Mike's podcast, Mons, and uh, he was saying that, you know, the horses, you know, doesn't want to lose. And I, I agree with that with Forte. He kept on trying, trying, grinding, grinding away. He was just a little short Belmont Stakes Day. But we're going to hear from Forte again this summer. Under 30 days till Saratoga moves. Amazing. Let's get to it. Love it. It's great. Like, I can't believe. But then the thing is, once you hit Saratoga, once that opens up, then it's like you're winding down to the start of the NFL season. So I want it to go slow. Like, I really do. Like, I want to enjoy the rest of June. We got July 4th weekend. You got Stars and Stripes weekend at Belmont Park, which is, you know, a great racing festival. Looking forward to that. We're going to have big stake races across the country. You mentioned Monmouth, Belmont, you know, out in California. Um, So it's going to be fun. But, yeah. Once Saratoga opens, it's great. Fantastic racing. So make sure you check, uh, you know, listen, subscribe to the podcast, Betting the Ponies on Bet Rivers Moose. It's been fun. Let's hit some winners at Monmouth this weekend. Love you, Mons. And good uh, luck, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys soon. Monzo, Melusis, Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. 